Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the Ninth Avenue Nine. This is your host, Joel Bascom, pastor of Connecting and Equipping. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. August is a complicated month, isn't it? On the one hand, it's still summer, and we still enjoy the warmth. On the other hand, the sun looks a little different. The days are getting shorter, and there's a poignance to me in August. Here's hoping this Delta variant turns soon. I am reminded that the realities of the pandemic are what prompted me to start this podcast last December. Now we're 15 episodes in, and as I have said before, as long as you want to talk, I will keep making them. Email me at joel at ofthecross.org if you are interested in stepping into my office and recording. I am also happy to do a show over Zoom again, if that works better for you. But let's get to the next episode. For episode 15, I was able to invite Lori Eiswald into my office and chat about music. Lori is both a member of our church and a member of our community. She lives right here in the neighborhood, which you will hear about on the show. I appreciated the thought Lori put into the show. She really considered her picks closely. That has been something that has been fun to watch, how much people care about their picks and what it says about their lives. So, without further ado, here's the next episode of the Ninth Avenue Nine. Enjoy! Welcome back to the basement, everyone. My guest today is a longtime member of Church of the Cross. You've seen her up front reading scripture, and I have worked alongside her and her kids on the greeting team. I've also had a chance to chat with her over the years at church as well at Christmas Eve celebrations, and she's taught me some things about tin-type photos and other things. It is my pleasure to welcome to the 9th Avenue 9, Lori Oswald. Hi, Lori. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you. I understand that you've enjoyed the shows that you've heard. Yes, I love it. Good. Yep. I always love having people uh, giving me good feedback about the show and enjoying it, so that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've really loved hearing all the variety, what everybody likes and why they like it, and yeah. kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of them as a person if you don't know them at church. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's been my hope. And it's been nice because even after things have opened up a little more, people still want to, you know, listen and talk about it. So it's been good. Um, before we get into the music, I like to always ask folks a little bit about their time at Church of the Cross. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about uh, how long you've been going to Church of the Cross? I know you're pretty local uh, to the church. How, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so really local, a block away. There you go. Um, actually, less than a block (laughs) it's one house less than a block um and we've been here about four and a half years Mm -hmm. but really we had attendance in other ways prior to that Mm -hmm. since way way back to the beginning with like christmas eve services and then my oldest son tanner who's now a college graduate used to um, participate in the vbs and stuff like that and that was prior to actually attending so yeah. That doesn't surprise me because when you first said four and a half years, I was like, I feel like I've been seeing you around longer than that. So it makes sense that you've been to 
There's some other things before that. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't feel like it's just... Um, well, good. And um, how did you... Did you just hear about this just since you were in the neighborhood? You're right down the street, so you know about the building and everything? Um, well, actually, I knew Molly Ruck from homeschooling. We, oh, we were in the same, okay. like, you know, activity co-op type group. Yeah. And so when, when her, you know, the older two boys were young mm-hmm. is when my older son was young. And just hearing her talking about they started a church, you know, meeting mm-hmm. in a home. Mm-hmm. And then uh, somehow through the neighborhood, I found out who was coming to this building. And I was very happy because we oh, sure. have been in our house for 26 years. So okay. I knew it when it was a synagogue and then when it was sat vacant. So I was really happy that it was going to be a church again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good to know, like, thinking about those different stories, somebody like yourself who's been here for a while, just seeing what's going on with this building, and now here we are. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for a little bit of that that background. So since you're, you know, a veteran, you've listened to the the show, you kind of know the rules, but I'll go through them. You're in the basement of the church uh, for a year. You have nine albums you can take with you. Food's provided. Don't have to worry about food. And then you get a book to take with you, as well as a luxury item. Now, the book is a thing where we're starting to have folks add to the library, but you can bring any book you want, obviously, even if it's one that's already been mentioned. So with that in mind... Tell me about your first album. Okay, well, um, I, I did want to just say a, just a tiny bit on the fact of I don't remember when I began being interested in popular music because it goes so far back. Yeah. And when I've been thinking about it, getting ready for this, it kind of put me on kind of a memory lane. And how it started was me watching American Bandstand every Saturday, like at noon. Yeah. Or like lunchtime. Yeah. And, I mean, I was like three years old. Okay. Watching, and I, I just Just loved, like Dick Clark? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, you know, I was born in 65, so I'm sitting there in uh, the late 60s watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it was, I just loved it. And I'm thinking, how did I, when I was so young, how did I get onto some show like that? How did I even know it was on? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even read the TV guide. But I think Saturday morning cartoons ended. My brothers took uh-huh. off on their bikes. Yeah. I'm little. I'm the youngest, so I'm still in the house. Yeah. And here comes American Bandstand. And I just could not get enough of it. The teenagers, they're, they're, I used to look at their hair, their clothes, how they were dancing, and the music. Yeah. So I just... You know, I had that really early influence, and there was other really early influences that still stick with me, like Motown, yeah, Chicago, Carol King, Stevie oh, sure. Wonder, mm-hmm. Jackson mm-hmm. Five, of course. You know, yeah. So all that—that's kind of my. I'm not bringing any of those people to the basement, <laughs> but that's just sort of like me. Like I just music is really, really important to me, and I and I like a lot of different types of music. So yeah. it was really, really hard yeah. to pick nine, <laughs> which is why I told you in my email, put me on your furthest back burner. 
Um, so anybody listening, if you like a lot of different music, you got to really think about this for a while. But anyway, okay. but before, I have okay, so, so since Before you get into your albums, though, <laughs> since do you have any real memories, vivid memories of a particular somebody that you saw on American Bandstand that really sticks out to you, like from when you were a kid, or Not, just in general? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I'm sure I saw, you know, famous group after famous group. It was yeah. just the whole experience. And, and I would nothing mimic- like that now. I mean, where you have this sort of show that everybody knows about yeah that you can all gather around and, I mean I guess you know yeah so, yeah anyway, so. <laughs> anyway on to your first week I was just curious if you had any uh, particular vivid memories about that no okay yep okay so what's uh what's number one I can't my, wait to hear okay my number one album is in my opinion the best rock group ever okay well I can't wait to hear who it okay is. It may not be your opinion of the best sure. rock, but my first album, this was my easiest choice, ELO, Out of the Blue, released okay. 1977. It's an electric light orchestra, right? Yes, I'm sorry. ELO, electric light orchestra. Yes, Out of the Blue. Out of the Blue, it's the one with the giant, colorful spaceship on the front. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Released that one. in 1977. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I just really have always declared them the best group is they nobody sounds like ELO Mm -hmm. nobody sounds like them Mm -hmm. then or now they were extremely creative Um, I mean it makes sense that they're called electric light orchestra because they had so many sounds with voices and then almost like choral voices and violins and I don't know if they were the first one to do the synthesized speaking or synthesized mm-hmm. singing, but I wonder. Yeah. Because it's it was really unique. Yeah. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my my pick. Um, you know, it. Um, what was the name of the album again? It's Out of the Blue. Okay. Yep. Released in 1977. Um, they're really be- burned in my brain because I heard I heard their stuff when I was little, but I hope I never forget this memory of me. I was in elementary school on the school bus in on the way home, and our bus driver liked to play the radio, which I loved, of course. <laughs> it was all about that, and. I was like one of the last stops to get off, so the bus had quieted down a lot. And on the radio came telephone line, ELO's telephone line. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was just mesmerized by that song. I still like it. And I still picture myself sitting there with my bell bottoms on the school bus. <laughs> um, so they have a near and dear place in my heart. I've never seen them a concert, but I'm, yeah. I need to. They, yeah. they do tour some. They still, still do. Still. So, yeah. Yeah, and they're one of those <coughs> groups where, like, especially working in retail, as I have for many years, where we have, like, you know, satellite radio, I won't know, like, I'll hear the, the music, and I might I might not quite know who it is, and I'll look it up, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I've heard, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, and I and I, I was able to pick only two two tracks from that album, if you want those now, do you do that? I love hearing people talk about it. It's good yeah. for me to also get, uh, but uh, yeah, to get a list. But uh, yeah, I love hearing people talk about it during the show. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. sure. So my two picks from that album, no surprise, Turn to Stone. I really think that's their best song mm-hmm. ever. 
Um, it, and it's the coolest, like, anybody listening to this, if you don't know ELO, you, like, you can hear me ramble about all these people I like, but mm-hmm. you really need to listen to them, like, mm-hmm. really loud. Turn it up really loud. <laughs> um, but Turn to Stone is so cool because they have this giant sound, and the song starts where it's like the volume dial, like from an old stereo, is t- being turned up. Mm-hmm. And you just come right into the song. Mm-hmm. There is no intro. There's no build-up. The build-up is the like the turning of the volume. Mm-hmm. I just think it's cool. I just mm-hmm. love it. And it's this really um, giant, unique sound. And, it's, and it's, it has a driving beat. And it's really layered with tons of... It's just cool. Yeah. So Turn to Stone. Turn to Stone. And then the other pick, this is another easy pick, is Mr. Blue Sky. Which is, I think, one of the ones I definitely know. Yeah. And, like, that even my kids know because I guess it's, like, on TikTok and it's yeah. it's on, like, commercials and stuff. But I love that song because, first of all, it, it's just infectious. It's, it's like, one of the happiest songs I can think of. It's mm-hmm. very hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I read a little thing. I don't know if it's true that John or Jeff Lynn, the... Yellow guy, you know, songwriter, yeah. wrote it when he was on vacation and it was really dreary and he wrote that song okay. as like a hope. So I don't know if that's true. It sounds nice, but but uh yeah. So that's my first album. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a band that hasn't come up yet. So that's really okay. cool. I love it. I love it when I when I and that gives me uh, more opportunities to listen to something that maybe isn't as much as something that I hear, so that would be really fun. Okay, what's number two? Okay, so number two, this is another one, late 70s, Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick? Live at Budokan. Uh-huh. Um, this was an album. I don't typically like live albums. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't sound good. Mm-hmm. I feel like the you know, vocals are not good. They yeah. just don't sound nice. Yeah. But this one, so I've always loved Cheap Trick and uh, since way back, and... They were a flop in the U.S. Yeah, and this I didn't realize. But they're right from now. here, right? They're from Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, they're from yeah the Chicago area. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they they were they had their first album, total flop, mm-hmm. but it took off in Japan. Oh, interesting. And they had this giant fan base, so they film or they uh, recorded this live album. It was the in Tokyo, the Budokan something mm-hmm. it's like a big, auditorium, yeah. and they they uh, recorded it there. And it's it's just the most amazing live album. It's the crowd just is freaking out, and they add to it. Yeah. And I think to me, I mean, even though I really like Cheap Trick, I I I feel like their strong point is their instruments. Mm-hmm. Like they're really talented musicians. I don't really think that like Robin Zander, the lead singer, really has that great of a voice. But it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because. You've got these drums that are crazy, and so mm-hmm. this is another one where if you don't if you don't know Cheap Trick, you, you really need to listen to my picks because yeah. it's you don't hear this kind of stuff now. Yeah. I sound so old, <laughs> but anyway, and yeah, and I discovered them because I had an older brother who worked at Tower Records. Tower which is, Records. It's a California sure. thing. Of course. And, uh, uh, yeah. So in California? Yeah. Did you 
Did you grow up in California? Yeah. I was born and raised in Central California. Okay. Near Sacramento, which is where Tower Records started. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we've talked about it, but I know it's hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I, hadn't, I hadn't remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah Tower Records. I grew up in Tower Records, too. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah. So he was my oldest brother, and he had this album collection and really pristine equipment. And he was like really territorial did not want his younger siblings in his room but of course being the youngest and being kind of old I would go in there and carefully play his stuff and that's where I I remember hearing Cheap Trick for the first Mm. time doing that so yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Isn't that special, though? I mean, one of the things that I think about, and I don't, I mean, even now, I, I buy most of my music online. Yeah. And there's a record store, a couple of record stores around yeah. you know, here that I go to. There's Mill City down there on, and, yeah. the, and I love doing that. But just that, when you said Tower, I just immediately thought of the the hours and hours I would spend with my friends just looking at music. It yeah. was, I mean, once, you know, we would buy things every now and then, but the main thing was just being in yeah, there. That just flip, flip, flip. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Albums, yeah. So what are the cuts from this album? Okay, so these are really obvious, but I don't, you know, that's fine because they're really good. So my uh, first pick is Ain't That a Shame, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um... It's so funny because songs back then and even in probably the 80s and 90s are so much longer than they are now. Mm-hmm. And this song, um, the, just the instrumental intro is two minutes long, oh, wow. which is a really long time for a song. <laughs> yes. And uh, the original it's the Fats Domino song. Yeah. So like the original song was probably two minutes, and so but yeah. they t- you, you, they use two minutes to. But intro. they, it, if you like drums and guitar, you have to listen to this one, and it has to be really loud, and has to be like in your car or with like headphones. Okay. And uh, you'll if you like drums and guitar, you'll just love it because it's, um, and it's just one thing about Cheap Trick is that's so unique I think is when you listen to them for a while there's like all this wit mm-hmm. in their in the way that so the guitarist Rick Nielsen who mm-hmm. he had that like he almost looked like Pee Wee Herman mm-hmm. that guy he's still known as one of the best like guitarists ever I know the name definitely yeah Rick Nielsen he he, he literally looked like Pee Wee Herman and he but and he wrote a lot of their stuff and Especially in this one, like in the intro too, and then at the end of the song, it's so. I mean, it sounds silly to say like a rock song is witty, but it mm-hmm. literally is. And I was like analyzing this stuff mm-hmm. as I was getting ready mm-hmm. for this, and I'm listening to. Um, it's just very intriguing if you like instrumental or whatever. Listen to them; they're yeah. really, really good. So I feel like they also yeah. have like really, like sporty looking guitars. Then the one guy had like a pointy. Like always has like a pointy like a V-shaped guitar or I think um he might have I know so he's known for like he had this one guitar that had like four sections it's okay. like four guitars okay. in one okay I don't know why you would yeah. do that but <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah I just I just think they're really creative yeah. and um and really really good music you know sure. inst- instrument wise and I'm I don't even play an instrument but you can tell mm-hmm. um and then the second pick is is Everybody knows this song, I Want You to Want Me, but it's on this live album. Um, that song, apparently, 
I heard Rick Nielsen, the Pee Wee Herman guy, he wrote it in like five minutes, mm-hmm. and the band hated it. Mm-hmm. And, but then they like revamped it for this live concert, and then it just like went nuts. So mm-hmm. and then now it's everyone's favorite. Yeah, I know that one definitely. Another good one. Is yeah. the song Surrender on that one? Um, I love that yes, song. That's a song of theirs, isn't it? Yes. I and, really like that song. Yeah, if you listen to if so if you listen to this playlist on Spotify, or actually if you hear it on even a vinyl album, mm-hmm. it's at the end of one of these two. I can't remember which one, but they start to announce it. Yeah. So somebody kind of messed up on the you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, that's really, a good really song. Fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, some great listening ideas. What's your third album? Okay, so here's another one that's a throwback. I What I did is I kind of put my albums in order of oh, influence. Okay. okay. So these are my early influences. I'm not going to blab about the 70s the whole time, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. it just, I just grouped these three together. So um, Billy Joel, The Stranger, um, released in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Initially, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. I love and, Billy Joel. Yep. Yeah. Initially, I was going to kind of cheat and do like a greatest hit. Sure, why not? Yeah. But you know why I didn't is that one of my song picks, this one of my very favorites of his, is not on mm. his greatest hits. Mm-hmm. So that's why I picked The Stranger. Yeah. Now, is that the one that he's uh, like looking at a, a face on yeah. the album cover? A mask. Yes. He's like on a bed. He's kind of hunched mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a good one. Yeah. 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 And he, I mean, what can you, I don't have anything to say about Billy Joel that hasn't already been said. Like, he's amazing. You know, that's all I can say. But, yeah. Like, I mean, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I can't, I, I know at some point, I probably still have it. I know I had a copy of that album at some yeah. point. And I probably still have it on my shelf and I just haven't dusted it off in a while. Yeah. Remind me what's like on. Remind me what's on that one. Oh, good stuff. Is that like scenes from an Italian restaurant? Yes, is that on there? that's one of my picks. Yeah, is it? There you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. It's a, It's. I think to me, I think it's one of his best albums. But I literally like. I've enjoyed him for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember him in elementary school, and then I remember him, you know, like my college years. You know, I saw him three times in concert when I was like, you know, out of high school, and then like, you know, kind of the in the tw- my 20s or whatever I mean he's just easy to follow there's a little bit of a stuff I don't like but yeah for the most part yeah and he's 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 interesting because he's so I mean I've said this before when I've interviewed people where it's like you find somebody and it's like how is it that somebody who he's just he's playing the piano but he has his own his own thing He's very much his own person, his own artist. Yeah. He doesn't sound like anybody else. No. Because of the yeah. way he plays and just the, the the sort of combination that I find of edge, but also just bleeding heart, really, really, yeah. you know. Just, and I mean, his just lyrics. Yeah. I mean, like, if he, if he were just a songwriter, I think he would be kind of legendary. Mm-hmm. But here he's writing it, and he's singing it, and he's playing it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And in concert, you know, he's, I don't go to many concerts now because they're like a million dollars to go, <laughs> but I used to go yeah. to a lot of concerts yeah. and he's like really a performer. Yeah. He's somebody that I've missed. I haven't seen him. I mean, he, he's, he really, goes out and about, but I've, I've yeah. not gotten a chance to see he him. He seems to really, really like the crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. now he's older. I don't know if he does now, but 
Mm-hmm. It was easy to pick. I have three picks from this album, if you want to. Absolutely. You already mentioned scenes from an Italian restaurant. Um, it's like three songs in one. Yeah. Three stories. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. I love stories. Yeah. It's seven. I looked at all this stuff because I'm like, that's a really long song. Uh-huh. Seven minutes and 36 seconds. Like, no radio station is going to play that now. <laughs> but I love it. You know, it's like... He's such a storyteller. Like you can, I can see like the couple having their Italian meal, mm-hmm. and then I can see Brenda and Eddie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the the whole, the whole all those stories, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, he's very evocative with his writing. Yeah, yeah, and then the song that's not on greatest hits that I needed to put on my pick is Vienna. Yeah. Sure, I remember it's, that one. Yeah, I guess it's not considered a greatest hit. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Um, when I was younger and I used to hear it, I would think, yeah, that's right. You got your life, so don't stress out and try to hustle through. But I feel like whatever age you get something out of that song, mm-hmm. and I've heard other people say that too, it's such a... Like, I kept... I re-listened to it probably three times before coming here to do this, mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, those are some amazing lyrics and the message. Like, to me, Vienna represents anything that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've, I, I, to me, it's like hopeful. Like, even if you're going through a really rough time, there's like a, a Vienna of some sort. You Isn't know, that Vienna for waits you. for you? Yeah. Isn't that the lyric? Yeah. So I just, I just think it's great. Mm-hmm. And then... This is going to sound sappy because it's sort of an elevator song <laughs> in a way now now after all these years. But Just the Way You Are is just such a great song. It's like just unconditional love in one big package handed to somebody. It says everything, you know. That was my ticket yeah. into Billy Joel. My mom loved that song. Yeah. I'm sure she still does, actually. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I've definitely. heard it performed at like 50th wedding anniversaries. Mm-hmm. It's it's great and it's like like I said I was re-listening to some of the stuff and it's like wow this is this is a really good message it is there's a lot in it Mm so covenant almost a covenant love kind of thing that would almost be I mean it's never he never mentions anything about anything more than just it's about his wife I'm sure that he wrote it to but yeah there is a real depth to that one yeah 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 Well, that's great. Those are great first three picks. Uh, We will take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back. And I'm, I'm here with Lori Alzod. We had great first three tr- three picks from you. Those were awesome. Haven't thought about Billy Joel in a while, so that was really, really cool to, to think about some of his songs. So when you were putting it together, it sounds like, you know, you, you, you thought long and hard. You had to really, really go. You know, and I've had some of my guests tell me that, where it's been this process where I've almost put you through the ringer, which I don't want to do, of course. But It was did, a ringer. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, uh, did you have a particular... Um, sort of era of your life that a lot of the picks ended up from or was it more varied? No, because those are the most throwback that I'm going to mention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are like, I feel like those are kind of foundational mm-hmm. for me. And then 
the other two sections are a little more random. Um, I Like I said, I love a ton of stuff. A lot of stuff is burned in my brain, so I figure I don't need those albums. Sure. The, the band that's named after an insect and the sure. band that has the one vowel and the one number for a name, <laughs> those are burned in my brain. Yeah. I can just sing those out in the basement. Nobody's sure, going to hear you know, me. Yeah, yeah. So that's how... You All know, of their, their catalog, both of them practically... You well, could sing most of their songs. Well, you know, it's yeah, yeah. They, they are burned in your brain. They sure and are, then, absolutely. So I'm like, well, I don't need those. I think okay. Andine said something like that too about some worship music. She's like, oh, I got all the stuff down. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to yeah. bring it. I'll just sing it out. <laughs> so. right. Yeah. All right. Well, what's number four? Okay, so this I did cheat, and it's a best of album. Oh, that's fine. Best of Keen. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. this is released yeah. 2013. Yeah. Um, Second time Keen's made an appearance on the show. I noticed that. Did yeah. you your son? Chris Scanlon. Oh, had Keen on okay. The show. Okay, I thought yeah. we had your son's mention. Mm-hmm. I love Keen. They're, they, to me, they just have like this perfect sound. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, their lead singer, Tom Chaplin, he's, he's just has a great voice and, Everything just is really smooth, and because I, you know, grew up in part of the 80s, I have a fondness for the 80s, and to me, they have a bit of a new wave sound, which I love, Mm. new wave. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of, like, you know, like synthesizer, and they even have organ Mm -hmm. in some of their stuff, Mm -hmm. and and, and the way the lead singer sings, but, um, you know... They, they lost some time because they stopped as a band in, like, 2013 mm-hmm. from just lifestyle and just yeah. things that were going on. But apparently they've reassembled oh, now, really? recently, okay. and but I haven't heard of any new mm-hmm. releases. But to me, they're like a road trip um, playlist, like, because yeah. it's, it's easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's pounding mm-hmm. at you. But it's interesting. Yeah. So. Those who don't know, out of the UK, I believe. They yeah. Are, right? Yeah. Um, and mainly, like, early 2000s is one of their, a lot of their really popular yeah. songs. Came yeah. Out, as I recall. Yeah, because the best stuff came out in 2013. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what are the songs that you would pick for your playlist on Well, there? two two are kind of well-known, um, or maybe, I one is for sure, Um Everybody's Changing. I don't know if you know that song. I have heard it. Yeah, I'm quite sure. I really it. love that song. Um, it's, um, there's a sad, a, kind of a bittersweet to it because, like, it's really relatable to me um, just based on some life stuff. But, you know, things are unpredictable in the world and it's really hard if you have... I mean, they really are talking about how people change, and so it's kind of sad, but it's kind of hopeful, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting song. Mm-hmm. I think the message is really, really impactful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
and then Somewhere Only We Know. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody knows that song. Um, but, it, you know, like I said, I'm re-listening to stuff, and I'm really, like, paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, isn't that a really loaded song, too? It is. I mean, to it's me, beautiful. It's, beautiful song. it sounds like a couple that's been through a whole bunch of life. Mm-hmm. They're trying to work something out. I don't know. This is just mm-hmm. what I'm getting from it. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to kind of get back to some of those memories and trying to prop up something. That, that's what I get out of it. So I think that's an amazing song. It is. As well. Yeah. And it, it, it resonates with, like, my kids, you know, love that one. You know, because they get it. I mean, just hearing the the. the the, the lyrics and what he says, it resonates for somebody yeah. who's younger, too. It's not, you know, it's really great. It's yeah. a wonderful song. Yeah. And then there's another song. Um, so my third pick from them is called Fly to Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've heard it a lot. I just heard it because I like Keen. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's worth listening to, especially if you're a parent. Okay. It's basically a song... At, from the perspective of like an older aging parent mm-hmm. and asking, you know, when will you come back to mm-hmm. your old mm-hmm. home again? And mm-hmm. I just, I wrote down some of the phrases cause it's so, so touching, but it's like, you know, um, the reason it's called fly to me is because they say a lot, like, will all of your thoughts fly to me? And it, and it's, and it's, um, it's just a parent reminding the kid, like, I'm here. And and then there's a, a really sweet part where, they, where it says, May love lie around you, good fortune surround you, you know where to turn to when you need a friend. And I just think, ah, oh, I just love that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so sweet. Um, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. You know, it might, might bring a tear to your eye if your kids are getting older like mine are. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I listen to that. And especially, I'm sure my kids are, I just had a, my first one graduate from high school. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good. Keen. It's a good, definitely a good uh, variety in years. What's number five? Number five, um, I don't know if you know, anyone knows the band Leland. They're a Christian band. Um, don't think so. They, um, the lead singer, his name is Leland uh, Mooring, mm-hmm. um, and his brother's in the band. And I don't know when they started, but I first heard them like in 2007. Mm-hmm. That might have been when they first released something. Mm-hmm. I was at like the Northwestern bookstores, and you know how they have like, you can play, there's like a little kiosk and you can play and right away I'm like, oh I love them and Mm -hmm. I bought like their CDs Um, really, really talented this this guy um, um, Leland he he started writing songs when he was like 13, 14 Mm -hmm. years old and a lot of those songs are have been recorded and published and they're really good Um, they're they're from Texas and Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to describe them. I mean, they're definitely rock, but you can you can hear a little. I'm not really a country music person, only only in a few instances. But <laughs> they're not country, so don't mm-hmm. throw that. Make that not listen to them. But they have the real earthy sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the way that he's he's very 
good vocalist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he sounds like Paul McCartney to me. Mm-hmm. So that right there, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you're go. in, you know. <laughs> um, oh, and I'm sorry, the album is called Opposite Way. It was released in 2008. Okay. Sorry, I didn't say that at the beginning. I just said That's Leland. Right. Um, and there's three songs on there that I just think are great. Yeah. There's one called Count Me In. Uh-huh. It's it's a really rock song. Like uh-huh. it's like really strong. Um but he is like very intentional with his lyrics. Like I would just say like his lyrics are like loaded. Like mm-hmm. they're really like strong messages and that one is like hey the grace of God and the gospel count me in. Like mm-hmm. it's just a very um powerful song, I guess. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then another one, Opposite Way, that's their you know, title song mm-hmm. from the album. Um, that one is a super clever song. Um, the lyrics and the way he like builds it. And basically he talks about, you know, you're going one way and you really need to go the opposite way and how there's that's a good choice in some situations. Not necessarily like you're doing like a bunch of bad stuff, but just kind of moving in a different direction the way God leads you. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it morphs into how the Father led the Son, Jesus, in his, you know, it's really good. You got to mm-hmm. just hear it, mm-hmm. listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's really well performed. And then one of, probably my favorite song of theirs is on that album too, and it's called Brighter Days. Brighter Days. And it's a super encouraging song. It's um, it's really it's not like this hard, thumping rock. It's it's very sweet. Um, it's about things are just super hard, but I'm waiting for the brighter days. And it's it's such a good song. Mm. It's very you know. It's really encouraging. Oh, good. So, cool. yeah. Well, I'll look forward to hearing it. That and they have a ton of albums. Really? Like, yeah, I need to kind of catch up with them and listen to some of their more so They're still making music then? Yeah. All right. I saw them in concert one time. It was at the U of M. This is when they were really first, like, hitting the, you know, being famous. And yeah. So it was like a small venue, and my friend's daughter was in, like, a campus ministry, and mm-hmm. she knew I was really into Leland, and she's like, oh, you got to come. They're coming, and... I was so excited. When did they start? Well, I this album was released in 2008, and I feel like I kind of remember like before my daughter was born, hearing them, and she was born in 07, so maybe like 2005, six. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, but they're still going. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great, great thing, new thing for me to, to explore. That'll be awesome. What's number six? Okay, so number six, another Christian artist, um, Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the album of hers that I really like for a few few special picks is um, Look Up Child. Mm-hmm. That came out about three years ago in 2018. Um, she, I mean... To me, she's like already a legend, and she's not even she's still alive. Um, mm-hmm. She's she's like incredible, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, um, and if if you, that name doesn't sound familiar, the song "You Say," mm-hmm. everybody knows that. You say. Um, Which the, one? Um, 
that's the t- the song. Oh, okay. You say, um, it, I know you've heard it. Probably, um, yeah. About my identity. Okay. In you, I find my strength Got and it. find my identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the, I hear that song in Cities 97. All right. Which I think is great, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, um, so that would definitely be one of my picks. But she's got, um, I, I feel like maybe she's been through stuff in her life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like really, really hard stuff. Because her, her, uh, her lyrics are really interesting. Um, she has... One of my other picks from that album is called Remember, mm-hmm. and it's literally just like <clears throat> saying out loud, I remember how good you are to me, God, how faithful, I remember. And it's just, it it just, the way she writes her stuff, it's like so strong, like repeats, you know, phrases a lot, mm-hmm. and it just sinks in. Mm-hmm. And then she has another one that on on that album called Everything Mm -hmm. Um, and it's basically just really talking about how God blesses us he just blesses us with everything and she just talks about and she's not talking about you know you gave me a nice house and stuff like that she's just you know she talked it's like in Matthew when it talked when Jesus points out the you know the birds of the air and mm-hmm. the lilies yeah. of the field and she that's in her lyrics yeah i think she says roses instead of lilies but anyway it's just really something mm-hmm. you know that song too it's, it's it's a good reminder when you you think things are crummy <laughs> yeah <laughs> just listen to that stuff and you won't yeah there's so, so. much in the scriptures about remembering yeah it's such such a powerful theme throughout yeah. But, yeah. you know, some of the time it's just like, hey, remember. Sometimes it's like, remember. Like, it's it's a good thing. It's like the way you call something to mind that's joyful. Sometimes we think of it as like you're supposed to remember because you forgot. But sometimes it's just bringing back to mind those yeah. things that are precious. Like the every morning, write down three things you're grateful for. Kind mm-hmm. of just getting them in the front of your mind type thing. Oh, and just like. Uh, communion, do this in remembrance. Of right, me. You know, right. It's so powerful. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, that's six picks. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we are back, and during the break, I actually even got to sample a couple of the, the songs that Laura was talking about that I actually hadn't heard, and they're beautiful by Lauren Daigle. So thank you for introducing me to those. I'll look forward to hearing more. Um, so when you were doing your list and laboring and pounding away at the list, was there a, was there a criteria or kind of a philosophy you, t- you brought to, to whittling it down to the nine? Yeah, so, like I said, it had to be stuff that I can't just take out of the recesses of my brain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, especially some of the first ones I mentioned, like, like musically or instrumentally, like, you just have to hear it. Yeah. But then also, I mean, I can't listen to Cheap Trick for a year. So (laughs) some of the stuff I'm going to mention now is more of a a counterbalance. Mm -hmm. So I've got some stuff that's more instrumental and a little bit more soothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you need a little bit of everything. As much as I like, you know, certain strong drum beat and guitar, I I can't. I'd go crazy if that's all I listen to. So 
Yeah. Yeah, variety would be important to me. Not just variety of, like, genres. That would be part of it, but also just different different times of my life and different just moods. Yeah, yeah. Something to bring, you know, to soothe or something to rock out or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, well, with that in mind, what's number seven? So number seven, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this artist, but you may have seen a viral video um, of her. That's how I first heard about her. Um, her name is Mandy Harvey. Mm-hmm. Um, the album is Nice to Meet You, which was released in 2019. She's got several albums out. Um, I first heard about her because I saw a video that, like I said, that went viral. She auditioned on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. And so I have like a homework assignment. Before you can listen to my picks that I have, mm-hmm. you have to watch okay. the... America's Got Talent audition. If you type in Mandy Harvey, it's H A R V E Y. H A. Mandy Harvey AGT audition. Uh huh. You will see what we saw publicly of her, and you'll be in awe. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear her music, you'll just be blown away. The reason that it's so awe-inspiring is she is deaf. Oh, okay. But she sings. Oh, right. She lost... So she was a, a singer from, like, really young, like age four, I think uh-huh. she said. And then she was... She's very good. So she trained. That was going to be her career. She was going to go to, like, um, you know... Uh, I can't think of the word. But she was going to study music. Juilliard? Well, I don't... I don't it wasn't a specific... A conservatory? A conservatory, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the word. Sure. Um... But when she was like, I think she said 18, I think she was in high school, and she she had a connective tissue disorder, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they were aware of it, but then she got some kind of virus, and literally she lost her hearing, hmm. just totally lost it. And when she went on America's Got Talent, she had an interpreter, and so you knew she couldn't hear but then I thought well maybe she can kind of hear she can't so what she does is because she's so she has her voice is so trained Mm -hmm. she what she does is she uses like pitch like like visual tuners oh and then she like she took her shoes off and America's Got Talent to feel the beat and she plays ukulele and she writes music Mm. but she uses these visual tuners and then she said muscle memory Uh and Wow. She is, her vocal range is like huge. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, she has to come in the basement with me. And this, so she has like, like I think her first album, she did like vintage classics, which I love. But this one is a really nice mix. And she she has a lot of variety. But um, she's just. She has this really rich voice. Like, you would never know. She can't hear. Hmm. It's amazing. It's great. And then, she, like I said, she writes. So yeah. um, so I have to have her in the basement with me because <laughs> she has this gorgeous voice. And I picked two tracks. So when she does that America's Got Talent audition, she sings a song called Try, and she wrote it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just... I don't really know how to put words to it. It's literally, like, she she literally obviously was very depressed 
like being a musician and losing her hearing. And then she decided she was going to get back into it and try. Mm-hmm. And so she wrote the song Try. Sure. Okay. And um, this, this track or this um, version of Try is a little different than they, they met. Um, they changed the melody a little bit in it, and at first I was like, oh, no, they shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. But they, they just tweaked it slightly to make it a little bit more interesting. Hmm. So try. And then my second pick is a song called Release Me. Mm-hmm. And I just think that song is just so cool because it is – you can tell that they um, were trying for this, like – early to mid-60s, like, um, siren, like, lounge singer sound, like a female. Mm-hmm. And so she has kind of that, like, cool, like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a throwback sound a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, cool. even in the beginning of the song, they have, like, you can hear, like, a crackle, and it and it's the sound of a needle going on an album. Okay. See, I know that kind of stuff because one, one of my favorite sounds. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's just the really it's a really cool sound. I mean, it, mm-hmm. a really cool song. Um, mm-hmm. Very very interesting sounding and yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I found it right away here on YouTube. It's right here. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll have like millions of views. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So that's a, that's such the, a big show anyway. So. That's the uh, prerequisite before you can listen to the the. The picks. So okay. You have to watch the video because you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will definitely do that. Okay, we are getting towards the end of your picks. What's number eight? Okay, so I've got a soundtrack. Soundtrack. Okay. Not only is this soundtrack amazing, this is one of my very favorite films. Sure. So this is the soundtrack for Pride and Prejudice, which came out in 2005. This is the Kira Knightley sure. version. Yeah. Um, uh, shoot, her dad is Donald uh, Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. I, mean, <laughs> I know people that are like, oh, well, it's not as close to the book. You know what? It, it's a good movie. For being two hours, I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover in yeah. such a great story. Yeah. And they, I think they, they capture it really it's well. A, it's, a, it's a visual stunner. It's This soundtrack, I, I actually like classical music. Um, but I like kind of more like Vivaldi and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And this soundtrack, it it has that sound. It, it's very uh, okay. like light in places, mm-hmm. but really mm-hmm. beautiful. And um, and because I've seen the movie a million times, when I listen to the soundtrack, I just picture the movie. So sure. it's like I'm watching the movie. Um, but yeah, it if you like you know instrumental and you you like classical, but you your you know gets annoying sometimes classical gets annoying this soundtrack is really nice because so like i have two picks from it Mm -hmm. and it's funny because it's the opening song and the closing song and i didn't realize it until i was like listening to this stuff for this it's the same song okay but they just amped up the the closing a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of make it grand. But the opening, my first pick from this is called Dawn. And if you've seen the movie, it's, you know, Elizabeth Bennett is reading a book and walking, loving the book. She's walking past geese. She's walking past laundry on the clothesline. The sun is coming up. And 
it's like, oh, you know this is going to be a great movie when mm-hmm. you see that. It's mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous, and it's so, everything is so uh, coordinated, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like all the colors and everything. But Dawn is just a beautiful, and then the second pick is called Mrs. Darcy, so obviously she has married Mr. Yes. Darcy. Spoiler alert. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's the same song. I didn't know that, and it's just very dramatic. Um, but I like I like hearing that end song because it's like, okay, it ended. Everything worked out for everybody. All the you know problems are so solved. Yes. Yeah. So such a wonderful yeah. story. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, that's one that, you know, before I was before I was married, I'd never read any Jane Austen, and my wife loves Jane Austen. And just coming into contact with those stories has been really a wonderful thing about yeah. being married. It's so many things have been great about being married to my wife, but that's been one of them. It's just I love that story. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. So much depth and so many interesting. I've just been thinking about it recently and just in terms of the... How easy it is to judge other people. Yeah. And how it's not that we, sh- we should never practice discernment or judge other people, but to really know their story. So why does Darcy act the way he does? Right. Even though he's not real nice, why does he act the way he does? And, the, and it's almost like you get Jane Austen does this amazing sort of pulling out the fourth wall. And so, oh, that's why. You yeah. Know? yeah. That's yeah. great. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that'll be fun to listen to. I, I, I've only seen that movie once. Oh, I, saw, no. I saw it when it came out. It's got to it. be, you got to watch it quarterly. <laughs> Four times a year. Quarterly. I'm due. I mean, I own it. I owned it on DVD, and now I own it, you know. Yeah, we, we always end up watching the uh, the BBC uh, uh, miniseries. Okay. The one with uh, Colin Firth. Right. Yeah, because that's right. the one that we always usually go back to. Right. All right, what's pick number nine? Okay, another soundtrack. Another soundtrack. Another one of my favorite movies. This isn't quite the same kind of <laughs> era or anything. <laughs> and I'm going to sound kind of silly, but I love this movie. You've got mail. I love that movie. I do, too. I love it. You're, so you're the second person who's chosen this soundtrack. I saw that. Yes. I saw that. Ha- shout out to Margie Hack. She yep. also, she also saw, picked that. I literally smiled when I saw that. <laughs> I um, okay. Even though I love the movie and I love the soundtrack because uh-huh. it's got a bunch of fun stuff, uh-huh. I had one goal for picking the soundtrack yeah. for this one particular song. This is a song that I always say is my very favorite song ever. Okay. Dream by the Cranberries. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, what a song. Mm-hmm. What a song. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an amazing song. She does the... She's just so good. Yeah. And it was in a lot of movies in the 90s. Yeah. It was like one of those that everybody picked. I feel like if you yep. watch any, yeah. Yeah. Meg Ryan's Rocking Down the Street. Yeah. And that song's With her playing. Starbucks. Because <laughs> I, I, I was going to, I'm not a Cranberries fan. Yeah. I, it, I'm not really, like, they're basically like grunge. That's not. A I, lot of it, yeah. I, I don't really Definitely. get into that, but I like that song for yeah. whatever reason. And I, I had cranberries on my lineup to talk to you about, and I thought, that's not really me. Oh, wait, I can do the soundtrack, yeah. and there's my song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that is a good movie. I really do like that one. Yeah. I think they do a nice job. And you can't really beat the cast. I mean, the people in it are amazing. Yeah. Tom Hanks, even Dave Chappelle is in it. He's, yeah. He's like this, he has kind of a bit role, but he's really good. Yeah. Good in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just good. 
Um, but then also while I was in the soundtrack, I thought, well, there's a bunch of other stuff in there I like. But the one that I really like, so I just have two picks. So Dreams, for sure, mm-hmm. the Cranberries. I tell my kids, I want this played at my funeral. Mm-hmm. And I'm joking, because it's not really a funeral song. But <laughs> they're like, ooh, that's not a funeral song. I'm like, I know, but I just love it. <laughs> I want everybody else to hear it. I'm just joking. But anyway, um, on that soundtrack is Somewhere Over the Rainbow by yeah. Harry Nielsen. Mm-hmm the guy mm-hmm. from the 60s or whatever mm-hmm. and yeah just the way that's he right. sings it i love that song and he that's yeah, the last scene yeah they don't, maybe yeah, yeah it's yeah. played over that last scene the which, part. You know, i don't want to spoil anything it's a romantic comedy of those who you can figure out that you know they they, yeah. they get together at the end yeah 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 i forgot about that <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's really great it's, yeah. it's a great there's a the scene with the dog the dog comes to her first and bentley buckley but Buckley, I think. No, Buckley's in a different movie. Brinkley. Brinkley! Brinkley. <laughs> you said Buckley and I, I said, said Bentley. I said Buckley because <laughs> Buckley's in another movie I like. Yeah, Brinkley. But, uh, Brinkley. Uh, Brinkley. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a great thing because that, yeah, there's that, that movie is really, really, just has an evocative, it's like a late 90s and it just, you know, if you watch yeah. it now, it's like, the, it's so funny how the AOL stuff and... You know, all these things with the dial-up. The dial-up, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you probably know this. It's based on the mm. Shop Around the Corner mm-hmm. old yeah. movie. Yeah, so, with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's also good. Maybe I that's why it has an appeal. It has, like, a yeah. good something. Yeah, yeah the, the copy, the DVD that we got of it, of You've Got Mail, when we bought it, has a copy of Shop Around the Corner on it. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, great. That's a great nine picks. I'm looking forward to and I'll make sure before I listen to any of the Mandy Hardy that I watch the video first. Yeah, you got to do that. You gotta, I do go on YouTube dives from time to time, so I'll make yeah. sure that that's incorporated. Because you have to get your foundation for her, and then sure. you can listen to her, and you'll be blown away. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so nine, nine albums. You've got that. So you also get to, to take a book. Uh, what is the book that you would want to take and leave in the library down there? Okay, this was the part of this assignment that had no, no delay. No delay. Yep, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read it, you know, more than once. Yeah. And I'll read it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super long, but it's like worth it. You know, it's. What is it that, about it for you uh, that really? What What do you really love about the book? Well. Just her talent with descriptors. So when you read that, I mean, you see everything. Mm-hmm. At least I do. And I feel it, she just describes any emotion is like very clear. The, the, she'll, she'll talk at length about, you know, something, some object or, or, or a room. And it's just. You know, that's why it's so long. She's, she's got all these adjectives. Um, and then also just, you know, there's there's parts of the story that I wish didn't happen. You yeah. know, I wish, like, this part was out or this part was out. The beginning is kind of hard when, you know, the there's the mistreatment and stuff. Yeah. That bothers me. But yeah. um, it, it resolves, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's what we all want to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. Story, problems, and resolutions. <laughs> so... But yeah. just a depth of minor key, you know, elements of the story that's really, really rich. You oh, know, just yeah. like the the depth of what she goes through 
the crisis of her choice that she has to make yeah. in that yeah. moment when she knows what's right and doesn't want to have to do what's right and then right. does what's right. Right. And then, right. Oh, it's, yeah, it's great. I need to, that's one that I need to read again. I've only read it once, but it's a great book. Yeah. And if you're in the basement for a year, it's long. You, you've got, you know, yeah. And plus, you got lots of other books down there, too. Right, right. <laughs> All right, well, that's a wonderful pick. My daughter, Corey, also picked that one, so it's a, it's a definite... So you're the second person who's brought that up. There's been a few books that have been brought up a couple times, like Lord of the Rings is another okay. one that's brought up yeah. more than once. And what about a luxury item? You can take a luxury item. We've had, so far, uh, lots of different things. Musical instruments. I had a video stream of baseball because I love baseball. I've had a rowing machine. What would yours be? Well, my first thought when I heard when I very first heard the podcast with Christian, yeah. you know, I was like, "Oh, it has to be coffee with an endless supply of half and half and Splenda because that's like my <laughs> yeah. vice. That's like my strong drink." Yeah. Um, but then you said, "Oh, all the coffee, all the food." Yeah, the coffee's down there. Every- oh, okay. Well, then that. And I'll make sure Splenda's down there for you. Yeah, it usually is. <laughs> um, Okay, so then I was like, okay, so let me think about this. So there's a piano down there, right? Because I think my son's always pounding on it. Pretty sure there's a piano. I should know this. Well, that's part of my setup. Okay. That's already there. there. Okay, that's there already. It's kind of like by the stage. Yeah, yeah. It's there. So I always wanted to learn the piano, never did. So I would like... For my luxury item to have virtual lessons, either some way it could be Zoom. So I know that's sure, another device. Sure. So if that's not possible, I'm no, I think we can make it work. It's a principle. The principle something. of it, yeah, absolutely. Either either online, but I figure I have a year. Yeah, I don't have to you know go to work full time. I don't mm-hmm. have to take care of my house yard, mm-hmm. drive my kids around endlessly. <laughs> I can just learn the piano. I think that's so, a great idea. That would be a luxury to me. Total. That's great. <laughs> okay, well, Laurie, I can't wait to start listening, especially, I mean, listening to the Cranberries again will be fun. Listening to the Pride and Prejudice, exploring Lauren Daigle and Manny Harvey, and then just listening to ELO again for the first time in a while. So that'll be a lot of fun. We will include the, uh, the playlist with with the podcast but for now thank you so much for coming and thanks so much for for the uh, effort and the work you put into your list thank you yeah it was fun totally a lot of fun thanks a lot and with that we have 15 episodes of the ninth avenue nine a big thanks to Lori for chatting with me while i was editing the show i noticed how much my chair creaks how well the mic picks it up time for some wd-40 because I'm not giving up my chair. Jane Eyre has now been mentioned twice, a great book indeed, and a welcome addition to our library. I was really able to enjoy those cheap trick songs, ones I've heard before, but I was able to appreciate them even more. Also, I was able to do my homework, let the record show, and watch the YouTube clip of Mandy Harvey's uh, song, Try. It is a moving clip. I included a link to it with the show. It was also great to talk about Billy Joel, a wonderful artist that has not yet made an appearance on the 9th Avenue 9. Really fun to talk about him. Check out the Spotify playlist that Lori put together for your listening pleasure. 
Again, let me know if you want to be on the show. As fall approaches, people start settling back in from the gallivanting, so let me know if you'd like to chat. My email address is joel at ofthecross.org. Also, don't forget that if you're shy of the mic, you can always email me a list of your picks, and I can read them on a future episode. Also, remember that if there's some other topic you'd like to go over, maybe books or films or I think I mentioned recipes, I don't know, what else, uh, anything you want, let me know, and I can work something out with you if you'd like to chat. So, until the next trip to the basement, keep on listening. Happy summer, and the peace of the Lord be with you. Mm -hmm.